Well, we are concluding this series, uh, Unwrapping Christmas, this third weekend. Can I just say, uh, before we get into this, I know that our, any guests here, people who are here for the first time, you've already been welcomed. But I want to add a special word to that welcome, really, and just say thank you. Thank you so much for being here, for taking the risk in being in an environment that maybe you're not used to. We are genuinely so glad that you are here, and we hope and pray that you will feel real welcome uh, among us. So Luke chapter 2, I'm going to read from Scripture. Luke chapter 2, the words will come up on the screen. It's the story of the shepherds. Let's take a look. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. Uh, this is the time of the year, ladies and gentlemen, when there's a lot of conversation about holidays. We've just had Thanksgiving. We're about to have Christmas. And I'm sorry, I talk about this every year, but every year people come up to me after the service and they ask about our celebrations in England, Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas Day. And it's kind of weird. We celebrate it. We haven't got a clue what it means, but it's a day off. And uh, so we do that, and they ask me about the 4th of July, you know, do, do you British people celebrate the 4th of July? Yeah, right. <laughs> we lost, awesome. Uh, we don't do that, and we don't have Thanksgiving. I really wish we did. Uh, I, I love Thanksgiving, an opportunity to be grateful without all of the gift-giving pressure. Thanksgiving is a wonderful time without the pressure, unless, of course, you're a turkey, and that's different. Um, but we do have turkey. The traditional Christmas Day lunch includes turkey and uh, roast potatoes and gravy and, 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 and vegetables. And I mentioned this before, but one Christmas, Kay was uh, uh, eager to get everything sorted, so she sent me to the butchers to get the Christmas turkey. We were back in England, and uh, I was rushing around. I had a list of errands to fulfill so I rushed in and came out with our turkey and I, I put it on the passenger seat next to me notice the the passenger seat next to me do you get that you see yeah we we drive on God's side you see and uh, I, I, and I turn the car engine on and suddenly I get a warning light and it's flashing and it's it's indicating that I am carrying a passenger who is not 
currently wearing a seatbelt. And my car is bright, but it's not bright enough to realize that the passenger is frozen and dead. But nevertheless, uh, it's not wearing a seatbelt. Now, I could have just put the turkey on the floor of the car. That would have been sensible. But instead, I reached over and I took the seatbelt and I strapped the turkey in. Just then, a pedestrian decided he wanted to ask me for some directions. And he came up to the car and I pressed the window, went down. He stuck his head in the window and he said, could you tell me? (laughs) And he realized, I mean, he had this look in his eye because he was just encountering possibly the only human being in history who drives around with a turkey in a seatbelt. It was really weird. I know that he wanted to run for his life. Why did I do that? I did that, ladies and gentlemen, because I just wasn't thinking. I just wasn't thinking. And in the blur that is Christmas, we can do that. We can miss the point because of the craziness of the season. Now, due to the wonders of modern travel, Kay and I were able to step out and visit a war zone this week. And... uh, and there were casualties there while we were there. It was stressful and pressurized. And we were, we were glad to get out and come back home. Yeah, we went to Costco. <laughs> Had you go in there, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. Now, and I, I love Costco. You know, I, I take Kay there for our anniversary dinners. So I, I, <laughs> I, I love it. Get the free stuff, honey. Um, but I realized that It's kind of crazy that it's this scramble of getting the stuff in and buying gifts and and, uh, lining up. And and in the craziness of Christmas, often we, we don't stop and think. We don't stop and think. So what I want us to do for the next few minutes is to unwrap the true Christmas message. You see, I grew up thinking I was a Christian. I didn't become a Christian until I was 17, but I grew up thinking all the time that I was a Christian. And there's a reason for that. I had a hangover that lasted 17 years. You say, really? Man, what were you on? Well, I had a a hang-up, and what I was on was Theodosius. You say, Theodosius? I've not heard of that liquor. Is that a tablet? What is that? No. I, I grew up in England where... That was part of the Roman Empire, and in 380 AD, the Emperor Theodosius declared everybody who was a citizen to be a Christian. So even though that happened 1,600 years later, I lived with an emperor hangover, believing that I was a Christian because I was British. And we can be confused. We can think, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, aren't I? I live in America. It's about geography. No. Well, I'm a Christian, aren't I? Because I I try and be good and nice. Well, that's great, but no, you can be good and nice and have nothing to do with any kind of faith. Well, I'm a Christian, aren't I? Because I show up in the snow and the ice at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning and I buy candy for Jesus. Not for Jesus, but you know. I'm a Christian, aren't I? No, not necessarily. The agenda for the next few minutes to make, well, there's two things. First of all, to make it crystal clear 
what a Christian is. I, I don't want anyone to leave this building in any doubt about what it means to be a Christian. But this is not about padding out our intellect. Oh, that's fascinating. No, there will be an opportunity a few minutes from now, stand by. There will be an opportunity to respond to the invitation, the wonderful invitation to follow Jesus. I want to make an announcement. It's a special announcement. In the next few minutes, lives are going to be changed in here. I declare it. And it's not because I'm here or you're here, it's because he's here and the gospel is being preached and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So I declare it in Jesus' name, lives are going to be changed. So what's this Christmas message about? First of all, first of all, it's about the God who wants to interrupt our ordinary lives with shockingly good news. It's about the God who wants to interrupt our ordinary lives with shockingly good news. I love this. It says, suddenly an angel. The shepherds are out there and suddenly. That would have freaked them out, don't you think? I mean, shepherding's a pretty boring job. It's not that exciting, I think, especially at night. You just count, you know, you're number 22, yep, check. Number 23, yep, check. Sheep number 24, yep, 24 is eating, check. Number 25, yep, number 25 is eating number 24, check. Uh, it's not that exciting. That's why, that's why when you can't sleep, what is it they tell you to do? They tell you to count sheep because it sends you to sleep is the idea. The night before last, I couldn't sleep. I woke up at 3.30 in the morning and uh, I'm, I'm wide awake and Kay and I have this ridiculous conversation when one of us wakes up. You awake? And she says, yeah, are you? And the remedy for us is have a cup of tea. That's why God invented tea, for the solution of many problems. I actually think that if the queen was under nuclear attack, I imagine the scene. Your majesty, we are under nuclear attack. London is about to be hit. And we're all going to be destroyed. Oh my, oh my goodness, she says, that's jolly awful. How long have we got? S seven minutes, your majesty. Oh dear, just in time. Pop the kettle on. But the solution was not tea, counting sheep. It's dull, it's boring. And then suddenly, and I want you to notice the language here. It's the, the use of the word you. Listen to this. I bring you, this is to the shepherds, you, good news, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths. You see, on a boring night, the angel shows up and says, this is for you. Yes, sir, you. You're sitting back there going, yeah, I'm not religious. Welcome to the club, neither are we. This is not about religion, it's about Jesus. That lady back over there who says, yeah, you don't know my history. I, I'm not even sure I should be here. You're in exactly the right place. This is a gathering for messed up people. Join the crowd. You interrupting our frantic lives, our boring lives with news. 
I like it, confession time. Is it a word of confession? Lean forward slightly, lean forward. Lean, lean forward, lean. Lean forward slightly. So funny, I'm looking. some of you are going, I will not lean forward. Don't you people come over here and tell me what my posture should be. This is America! Get over it, lean forward, lean forward. I, I, security, uh, I like it. I like it when things go a little wrong during church services. It's naughty, I know, I like it. You can sit back now. Glad I got that off my chest. I'd like to have been there when at a baptismal service, the pastor wasn't doing the baptizing, but he came out to give the benediction in his nice pastor's suit, stood in front of the baptismal tank, said, good night, God bless you, and then stepped back, fully clothed, into the tank. How many would pay money to see that? bad. My favorite go wrong in church story happened in a large church here in America where they did, they did Christmas big, massive building and camels and horses and sheep and they had the ability to fly angels across the building, uh, 60 foot up in the air, uh, hanging by wires, driven by an electric motor and they, they hooked one of the deacons up to be the angel Gabriel and the choir is singing in the orchestra is playing and look here comes Gabriel oh oh how precious and here comes Gabriel and suddenly the motor that was driving him burned out he stopped dead and then because of the momentum he started to do this but of course this is church so everyone just carries on as if nothing is happening and then the wires got twisted and now he is spinning you're spinning. Gabriel is a propeller. And, and they're still singing. And he's spinning round and round and round and round. And what happened next is a bit distasteful, so we need to vote. Who wants to know what happened next? All in favor? Say aye. aye. He got sick and threw up all over the choir. <laughs> Joy of joys. Hark the herald angels puke. <laughs> but take the picture in your mind, round and 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 round. It's us going to work to get the money to buy the food, to give us the strength, to go to work, to get the money, to buy the food, to give us the strength. <laughs> You're saying, Pastor Jeff, move on, we've got the point. This is mildly entertaining, but now increasingly boring. Thank you very much. It looks, you look rather silly up there just doing this. Yes, I know. It's my job. You see, watching me do this for 47 seconds is boring. Imagine living your whole life doing that. And the news is, it's fantastic. This is for you, this message of Jesus. It's about a God who interrupts our ordinary lives with shockingly good news. Secondly, it's about the God who comes to the rescue of us all. 
He comes to the rescue of us all. A savior is born. What's a savior? A savior is someone who saves. Here is the news, ladies and gentlemen, and it's humbling, but we need to grasp it. We all need rescue. And we can say, well, our world needs rescue. It's broken and there's hunger and there's trafficking and there's refugees and there's political wrangling. But for a moment, please, look beyond out there to within here and know that every single one of us, every single one of us needs a saviour, needs rescue. And some of us, we've come to the point where we kind of know there's an emptiness inside of us and we have been designed to know God and walk with him. And the Christmas message is not that help might be available. Help has come in Jesus. He comes to rescue us. This week, um, I went out to spend some time with Matt and Chelsea Miller and their family out at Story Ridge Ranch in Laporte and got to hear something of their story of rescue. Take a look. So Chelsea, life before Jesus, what was it like? Um, had a great childhood and um, went to college and got married and went to church most, most of the time, but um, didn't really have a relationship with Christ. Um, so I grew up in the church. We lived in the church cottage and um, I did everything and anything I could to, to I don't know, keep myself away from that because it was, it seemed so sterile to me. What was it that made you decide to personally follow Jesus? I came to the end of myself. Um, I had realized, I, I had a moment where I realized that I had made a mess of my life, um, that I was deeply unhappy. Um, and it was almost, uh, I, I guess I would describe it as a dare. Like I, I had a moment and I, I said, God, if you are who you say you are, I, I want you in my life and I want, I surrender my life to you. Matt, what was it that made you decide that you were gonna follow Christ? Yeah, God had been tugging on me for a while, um, trying to get me to listen, and I didn't want to. Um, and I, I think a lot of it was, was rock bottom. Um, that really kind of opened my eyes and um, just not having, having hope. Um, I just got this hunger I, I, for a relationship, and I would start to get up. I'd get up at four o'clock in the morning and I'd turn the fireplace on and I would read my Bible and um, I, st I started like depending on him, you know, like a, an issue would come up where normally I would just, it would, the weight would just bear down on me and I started giving those problems to him and then I was able to live my life joyfully knowing that I had surrendered my problems to him and I could trust him to help me. Matt, what, what difference does it make now you're a follower of Jesus? Um, it's not always easy, is it? No, not at all. Uh, but I always know that, that he's already gone ahead of me um, through whatever season we're in. And, and life is just difficult. Um, but 
just in having that hope and knowing that there's peace out there that you're not going to find anywhere through through the means of this world. Um, that God's got me. God's got you. God's got all of us. You just have to invite Him and and just give Him that opportunity to to show you what He can do. God took us into a great adventure and um, led us in a pathway we never would have imagined. We went from a suburban family to um, owning a 17-acre ranch and rescuing horses and rehabilitating them. And um, But really at the heart of what we're doing is God asked us to fill in the gaps in our community for people and families that are struggling with addiction and depression. And... Um, that's what we do out here. That's our, our main focus is rehabilitating and, to, and building community out here in Laporte. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel most days that God's put us, put us here to be stewards of this place and, and not only the animals, but the people that come through here. It's a place for people to come where they can, they can just talk about and possibly figure out where they're where they're going and what what's next. Especially when they get to that place when they're at rock bottom and they need help. And God's put us here, but but He's shown us not only the animals that He's rescuing through this place, but also the people. Well, that is such our that so is the heart of everything, you know, that we we do want everyone to know Jesus. Jesus has changed our lives and we want to see that change in others. We, um, when we're preparing for these weekends, the outline for the message has to come into the office by Monday. And uh, my outline went in on Monday, which included this point about rescue. I didn't tell Matt and Chelsea about that, and rescue just kept coming through the video piece. He's the God who comes to rescue. Thirdly, it's about a God who seeks to make insiders of those who feel like they're on the outside. He makes insiders of those who feel like they're on the outside. And there were shepherds, an angel of the Lord appeared to them. Now, I need your help. And uh, most of you did pretty good with the leaning forward thing. Um, but uh, I'm going to ask you to help me. And I'm not going to embarrass you in any way, okay? So just, I promise that. But if you are, are or you have been involved in something medical in your career, a doctor, a nurse, uh, uh, some kind, something in the medical healthcare field. Would you stand for me just for a moment? Just stand right now and just stay standing. That's good. You might win the new car, so that's good. Uh, if you are a hairdresser, uh, or you, if you just stand, please, if you're a hairdresser, okay. If you're involved in retail, retail, would you 
stand right now. Thank you. Any butchers or jewelers or tailors here, if you would stand. Um, anyone who works with leather or hides, if you could stand as well. Uh, if you work with the IRS, <laughs> would you confidently stand right now? Um, and then uh, if you are a Gentile, if you are not Jewish, you are a Gentile, would you stand, please, if you are okay? That's fine. And um, then if you um, are uh, not a Pharisaic Jew, would you Right. Here's how it was in Jesus' time. You're all out. Every one of us would have been considered to be outside of the purposes and promises of God. The shepherds, they were one of the despised trades because they were untrustworthy, they stole sheep, they wandered onto land that wasn't theirs. And the list that I provided these people, me, you, us, we would have all been considered out. And so the angel appears to who? To shepherds. Right from the start, the message is the outsiders are invited in. Now, now some of you are looking at me right now and you, I can see it in your eyes. You're going, do we, do we get to stand for the rest of the message? And some of you are getting excited. You're thinking, we're standing. Is he done? No, I'm not. Sit down. Thank you very much. But the outsiders are invited in. And you know what? Sometimes we feel outside and it's got nothing to do with social designation. Let's just, before I just move on to the last thing, let's just be aware of this. For some people, it's not a white Christmas, it's a gray Christmas. For those who feel on the outside because of bereavement, because of economic challenges, some feeling like the family's gathering and that's supposed to be wonderful, but it may be tense. We can feel on the outside. He invites us in. Well, the last thing is this, number four in your bulletin. This message is about the God who invites us all to make a choice about him. He invites us to choose. The shepherds said, let us go now to Bethlehem. I've noticed this about Jesus, everybody. Please look at this with me. He polarized people. People were either for him or against him. The shepherds go to Bethlehem and they're for him. And Herod the Great launches a campaign of uh, infanticide. He is very much against him. With Jesus, people don't normally sit on the fence. They choose. Last night, down here, I visited with dear Bob. Bob lost his wife this year, delightful man. He said, Pastor Jeff, I've got an idea for a sermon title for you. I said, what's that, Bob? He said, who would you have been? What kind of person would you have been? And I thought he was going to say more, and he said, that's it. What kind of person might any of us have been? And I suddenly realized what he was saying. What kind of person might I have been if I hadn't found Jesus? I think I know. I, it, wouldn't be, it wouldn't be good. What kind of person might you be if you invite Jesus to come into your life? By the way, between last night's service and the first service this morning, over 50 people have made responses to Jesus. What, what kind... 
But what kind of person might you be if you decide to follow him? And what kind of person might you be if you don't? You say, well, that sounds like pressure. The point is not pressure. The point is invitation. 41 years ago, it was my wedding day. Uh, I can remember it. I can see, I can see myself uh, back then now. And, and uh, I, I had, my hair was permed. And it stuck out like Florida. And, and children and small animals would shelter underneath its shade. And, and I had wide lapels. You know, I, I could take off at any moment. And flares. Anyone remember flares and platform hills? It was the 70s. A fashion demon roamed the earth. And Kay, final, Kay finally arrived. 17 minutes late. I'm over it now. Yep, that's good. And when she finally arrived, the preacher said to me, Jeff, will you take this woman, Kay, to be your lawful wedded wife, to have to hold for this time forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do you part. And I said, I will. Then he looked at Kay, and he looked at me, and he said to Kay, Kay, will, will you take this <laughs> to be your lawful wedded husband? Happened to hold Mr. Blah, 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 fish cakes. Yeah. And she said, after a brief pause of hesitation, to make me sweat, I will. I said, I will. She said, I will. The preacher said, that's it. I now declare you man and wife. Decision made, decision made, it's done. I want everyone here to know that Jesus looks at you and he says, I will. No hesitation. RSVP. Respond if you please. It's almost decision time, but before that, I decided it would be really neat to have uh, Chelsea and Matt come up and have the last word on this sermon. So as they come, why don't you put your hands together and welcome them. We're grateful to have heard their story. Thank you, guys. Chelsea, Matt, people are sitting here now watching on the internet and they're thinking about making a choice, a choice that you've both made. Chelsea, what would you say to them? They're, some folks are standing right on the brink of a, of a life change. So what would you say? I would tell them that the one true God wants to rescue them. He wants to restore them, and he wants a relationship with them. And he made that possible through the birth of his son, Jesus. And we have the opportunity to surrender our lives and be rescued. Matt, over to you. Um. 
Just give him that opportunity. Make that choice. You can have, there's this just amazing peace with him. Um, uh, he's got this journey waiting for you that is just so amazing that just make the choice. It's just so worth it. So here's what we're going to do. In a few moments, we're going to pray. Because when people come to Jesus, it's a result of, the, of a work of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that any human being can engineer. And then there's going to be a, a moment of decision. So let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the beautiful news, surprising news perhaps to some, that you've come to rescue, to save. We thank you for your work in our midst this weekend and we're anticipating life-altering moments coming up in these next few seconds. So work your work. We will only glorify you as we see your hand powerfully at work. Let's open our eyes for a few moments. A prayer is going to come up on the screen. Let's bring that prayer up here now. If you would like to become a Christian, please listen really carefully. If you want to become a follower of Jesus right now, or maybe you've done that, but you are a long, long, long way off from God and you're coming back, I want to invite you to use this prayer. Now, in a moment, we are all going to pray it together. We're all going to do that. But this is a, a moment for some of us to make a decision. I decide. That's what you're saying. This is not, I want to be a better Christian. This is, I want to start my journey with Jesus or I want to come back to that journey. I'm a long way off. That's what this is about. So why don't we all help each other and let's share this prayer together. And it's 10.56 on a cold Colorado morning. I want you to remember 10.56 because this is the moment that you decided. I want Jesus. This news is for you. Let's pray the prayer together. Jesus, light of the world, be the light of my life. Take me from the shadows of sin as I put my faith and trust in you. Cleanse me from the works of darkness through your victory on the cross, I turn to you. Fill me with power as I affirm your resurrection and your triumph over death. I need you. Light up my pathway and show me how to live for you. Loving King, take charge. Be the center of my existence and show me how to live with you, faithful friend. I make you my priority, my purpose, my confidence, my defender, my guide, my Lord, and my God. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. And would you